Hey, one more thing before you go. Do we all have the ability to be a psychic or a medium? Can we reach out and actually talk to our loved ones on the other side? What if you could learn and develop those abilities? Stay tuned. We're going to talk to an individual who's going to share those secrets with you so that you can tune into your own psychic ability. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. My guest in this episode is Anne Tao. She's an international psychic medium, award-winning writer, tutor, voice artist, and the host of the Psychic Matters podcast, where they investigate psychic development, mediumship techniques, and paranormal science. If you listen to her show, you'll not only learn how to develop your spiritual gifts, but you'll be able to follow along as she and her guest investigate the teachings of experts across the globe to gain their wisdom, advice, and spiritual wealth. Anne has trained at some of the best psychic institutions in the world and was some of the best tutors in modern-day paranormal pioneering. She's a respected tutor at Tony Stockwell's Soul Space, the world-renowned London College of Psychic Studies, and the esteemed Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Center in Edinburgh, and she's extremely proud to be a certificate holder of the Spiritualist National Union. I'm excited for this conversation, and I'm looking forward to what we can all learn. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction, Michael. Bless you for that. Well, th thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I, um, I, uh, uh, your podcast, as I said a few minutes ago, is an amazing podcast. I think that uh, you give people an opportunity to discover within themselves what exists out there, and uh, wonderful. Well done. Ah, oh, thank you very much. As you well know, it's uh, it doesn't come easy, does it? These podcasts they they take a lot of work. So uh, um, congratulations to, yeah. to you too for yours. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's it was started as a hobby, turned into a job. <laughs> it's kind of a yeah. You know, we kind of <coughs> excuse me, we kind of get around. Yeah, amazing. So I like to start, as everybody knows, a little bit about getting to know you and where you came from and how you got to where you are today. Can uh, we talk about where you grew up? Where I grew up? Mm -hmm. Oh, sure, of course. Um, well, I was born, um, I was one of five children. Uh, so I've got four brothers and me. And I was born south of London, um, lived there till I was about three. So I can't really remember that. And then I moved out to a beautiful town called Colchester in Essex. It's actually Britain's oldest recorded town, just recently been made a city. Colchester has. So I was brought up there. And then when I was 18, I left Colchester and I moved to London and I've lived in London ever since then. That's amazing. Uh, that what a unique part of history that you got, you know, to be part of. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful town. It was such a friendly town. I absolutely loved living there. I love going back and visiting. I've got still got lots of friends in the area. So yeah, well, and it's good. not very far from London. So it's an easy peasy travel. Thousands of years of history. I'm sure, as a medium psychic, you that you probably had some connections there. Um, well, actually, no, I didn't because I left when I was 18, oh, 18. and that was when my my psychic and my mediumship was beginning at that age, really. And so I didn't mm. explore all that side of myself until a little bit later in my lifetime. So you first, when did you first notice? your your skills your abilities when did they first start to you know did you, were you visited did somebody whisper in your ear how did that come about <laughs> yeah so how did that happen it's a very very good question well i knew as a child small things that i found a little strange so i knew say from the age of about 13 I knew who I would meet on the way to school. I knew exactly which other student in my school I would meet on the road on the way there. So things like that I used to take notice of thinking, how did I know I would meet that person? And then I, um, I would see spirit people on the street or I would see, I'd walk down the street and it would be as if 
there was a superimposed film on top of what I was looking at as I looked at the street. So you can see your ordinary world. There's two people over there and they're walking towards me. But I could also see three or four other people almost as if they were superimposed on top. So things like that. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought everyone could see like that you know and one day I was walking home with uh, one of my first boyfriends we'd just gone to town for a cup of coffee and we were walking home I was about 15 and I said to him oh look at those two old ladies are at the bus stop still I see them every week every time I come down here on a Saturday they're waiting for the bus home and he said what two old ladies and I said the two just in front of us there one's got her shopping bag is sitting on the seat and the other one's standing next to her thin and skinny no, there's nobody there, he said. There's nobody there. And it took me ages to understand that that was something I was seeing in my mind's eye. So that's when it all started to kick off a little bit for me as a teenager, really. But I didn't find any of it, Michael, I didn't find it frightening or anything like that. It was all just very matter of fact. And I suppose before then as well, if I think about it, when I was much, much younger, so I would have been under 10, I would lie in bed at night time and I would have conversations with spirit people whose faces would appear to me through the wall next to me. So my bed was pushed up against the wall and I would just see these spirit faces coming, loads of them, one after the other, uh, bubbling up. You know, bubbles in a stew, bubbles will bubble up to the top of a pot of soup or something. It was a bit like that. These lovely spirit faces would come out of the wall and speak to me in my mind. It was telepathic communication, but I would answer them out loud and then they'd disappear back into the wall and another one would come. I'd have these lovely conversations and my mum, obviously she's tired and she's had five children she's exhausted so she would be shouting at me shut up be quiet and I got such a fright that my mum was telling me off that I asked them not to come anymore I was just too scared to talk to them because I knew that I'd be so told off by my mum so that stopped for well for ages and ages and ages <laughs> so that's kind of how what, it started off what an amazing introduction into that part of this world and that there will yeah. exist from the other side, especially yeah. to peek in through the wall. I, I'm assuming as a 10 year old, that was kind of alarming, just a little bit. No, or, not at all. Really? Not at all. No, because it was so very natural to me. These spirit people, they're very friendly, all really lovely. Just, I can't remember the things we talked about, but I remember it being very uplifting and very enjoyable conversations, intellectual conversations mm -hmm. that I'd have with them. Uh, and because I think children, you see, we're so, we're so close to the spirit world, we haven't had a chance to let our human being take precedence right. over our lives. We haven't had a chance to understand fear and you thou shalt not in this world we, we're just yeah. so natural with the spirit world so it didn't frighten me in the slightest i think in today's society the stuff that i've at least learned and even as i grew up because i grew up in cat i grew up a catholic i'm not a practicing catholic at the moment i i am still very spiritual and i, yeah. I believe in source i believe in the man upstairs or the woman upstairs you yeah. know and it um to me uh organized religion was in this obviously we won't go in depth but um, I think that, you know, we were always told that doesn't exist. Reincarnation doesn't exist. Life on the other side doesn't exist. You only go to heaven, you go to hell, or you go to purgatory. And as mm -hmm. I grew up as a child, that's what was drilled into me. It's either mm -hmm. one or the other. And there's no in-between. There's no questions. There's no ghosts. There's no spirits. Even when we talked about angels, they said angels don't visit people. Wow. You know, kind of a thing. They tell you angels don't do that. You know, there there are angels that will um, intervene in divine situations, but uh, you can't sit there and talk to your guardian angel. You can't do this, you can't do that. And I think society in general, I don't know if it's to protect the children or if it's something that that they feel is, um, um, they don't want to acknowledge maybe, I think. So as children, we're, we're indoctrinated to not believe that. And I think a lot of people shut that off. Do you, I mean, what do you think? Well, I think you're absolutely correct. I also was brought up Catholic. Uh, my parents are very strict Catholics. Um, and so I was the same, you know, told not to talk about this, not to talk about that. And 
so then you begin to doubt what you're seeing you begin yeah. to doubt your own ability you begin to doubt things however the great side about being brought up as a catholic was this encouragement to have a a prayerful approach to life and a conversation with your god with god not your god it was god only one god right. <laughs> um a conversation with god and so from a very early age i have always spoken to god i have always had this beautiful conversation going back and forth so i've always found that really really supportive in my life so there's some great blessings as well uh, but i think on the whole as a child growing up you're ridiculed for having special gifts and they weren't mm -hmm. considered special gifts back in our time they were considered um well impudence and naughtiness and uh yeah it was totally discouraged yeah your 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 invisible friend yep. may very well be a spirit and the parents just think that's an in you know just like a a uh, invisible friend and you're not supposed to have invisible friends so i'm i'm i think the world might be changing for the better i think that mm, there's think more so. awareness coming about to what actually exists in in the possibility of what exists um on the other side as well as you know within our um realm here so that we know that we have the opportunity ourselves to be able to develop skills to communicate with those and those loved ones that have passed on and the loved one that still exists not only in our heart, but you know, um, within another uh, arena. So I know that you you mentioned a couple of different things uh, earlier when you were talking. You said that you you kind of knew who you were going to walk to school with, which is kind of a psychic aspect of things. And then of course, seeing the the spirits, seeing the two old ladies at the bus stop, for example, that's the uh, mediumship for it. Is, what kind of a difference can we help people understand what the difference is of, of a, being a psychic and being a medium i know that sometimes they're intertwined sometimes they're each individual has something very unique either one or the other uh, but you have the gift of both yeah and i think everybody's got the gift of both that's my experience so let's say what the difference is because that's a really good point and there is they are very different things so a psychic or if you're working psychically you will be focusing on your own soul and the power of you and you will be able to tap into the energy of the person sitting in front of you whether that's in person or whether that's on zoom it doesn't matter you're working with energy so you can pick up things from their auric field and you can pick up absolutely anything about that person that's been in their experience and so you might pick up what they're doing at work some things that they're feeling at this time things like that so that's psychic picking up the energy from the living and mediumship is working with the energy of those who aren't on the physical earth anymore so you will often work telepathically mind to mind with your spirit communicator whereby they might impress clairvoyant visions in your mind's eye or they may give you uh, a fragrance that you might be able to smell or they might give you a feeling or they might play some music that you can use as a reference things like this so that is mediumship working with those who once lived on earth but now are in the spirit realm that's, I think that's a nice distinction. Thank you for clarifying that. I, it helps yeah. us all to understand a little bit more of, um, again, like I said, what we have the opportunity to, to kind of develop within ourselves. Uh, do you think that we, we as individuals um, inherently have that within ourselves? We just kind of sequestered it? So what I think is everybody's psychic and everybody is mediumistic everybody has that ability within them how can we not be mediumistic when we are a soul being that's what we are we come here to earth to live a physical life for a short time but we're still an, an eternal soul so we live here for a short time the physical body dies away we're still an eternal soul we're not anything other than so how can we not speak the language of the soul if that is inherently what we are so i think everybody is mediumistic 
in order to enhance those inherent gifts, one does have to do some training, one does have to understand how those gifts work and how you can make the most of them. So there's that. And then there's psychic. Everybody is psychic. Everybody is intuitive. It's about having an intuitive awareness. You can pick things up from people. Anybody that's listening to your wonderful show will have some kind of psychic experience in their life whereby they've just thought of a song and it's in their mind and suddenly it comes on the radio or they've just thought of somebody and that person's just phoned them or you can walk into a room and you know there's been an argument in there or sometimes you can walk into somebody's house and you think I really like it here it's got a beautiful feeling or "Ooh, this place feels a bit cold something not quite right and all of that is you intuitively picking up on the energy of people places and objects that's amazing i think that we all um i've experienced it myself i mean i can validate that you know my kids sometimes got annoyed you know i would uh text them and say hey i know you were out there are you home yet and my daughter would go i just walked in the door how did you right. know that <laughs> right yeah there you go so my my excuse was dad knows everything so be careful <laughs> Yeah, and probably you're very tuned in to your children's uh, energy. That's why it comes so quickly to you. Yeah, it 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 really. It at first it was kind of weird, but you know we have I have two 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 daughters, and um, it, we do that all the time, which is a good thing. And I think it's because we're open. We're more open to um, this environment, and and yeah. part of that's helped having this podcast because I've had a lot of conversations with people that have opened my eyes and have allowed me to kind of uh, understand the possibility of what is there and what I can do to interact with that. Uh, which yeah. I'm very, very grateful for. And uh, so I can validate what you just said. I think it is an important thing. I, we, we all, I think, need to develop. It, it would help us in everyday life. Um, yeah, I think so. I used to play a wonderful game with my children. You've just reminded me. When they came home from school, so I've got two children, they're 26 and 21 now. But when they were little and they'd come home from school and I'd tuck them into bed, I'd um, read them a bedtime story, give them a little goodnight kiss, and then I'd say, ooh, let me smell your hair, let me smell you, and let me tell you what's gone on for you in the school playground today. And they were like, ooh, can you do that? I said, yeah. And all you're doing is tuning in to their aura their auric field their energy and you can pick up on little things oh somebody was mean to you today or oh you climbed a tree in the playground today and i know that you were watching the footballers over on the football field <gasps> how did you know that mum but you can pick up all these little things so it used to be a lovely little game i used to play with them so oh, that's brilliant that's brilliant yeah it's like <laughs> mom and dad know everything just so you know <laughs> i know we have a <laughs> no. secret little secret little window in 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 understanding more about what's on the other side and the opportunities that we have uh, to connect with those and or somebody like you that we can. Um, tell me more about what exists maybe on the other side. What opportunities do we have to connect with somebody? So if we lose a parent, we lose a, uh, a grandparent, a son, a daughter, a sister, or somebody along that line, um, where, where can we feel uh, assured that they're ending up. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. Where do we go? Where do we is go? What, that, that, what, what is it like? Degree, I couldn't think of that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I can't answer that question, even though I've got all my experience, I can't, can only say, uh, I can tell you my experience of the readings I've given to people, but I can't, say and I don't think anybody can say exactly what lies ahead of us right. uh, but I can give you a good indication of the work that I've done that gives me uh, the knowledge that this is what happens when we pass away so um, in my experience those that I work with in the spirit realm retain their personality, they retain their uh, quirky ways, the the funniness, the grumpiness sometimes, you know, the curmudgeonly ways. Um, but what happens when you go to the spirit world is 
there's a lot of uh, emotional weight that seems to drop away from us. And we are able to view our lives on Earth with a different perspective. And so if we have behaved here in a way that perhaps wasn't the best way we could have behaved, then we become very, very aware of that. And there's a way of trying to make amends for that in the spirit world where we're helped by uh, other spirit beings over there. Um, we continue to follow our hobbies. We continue to follow our interests and our passions. And often we will go to the spirit world and are able to do things that we weren't able to do here. So say for instance, myself, I've always wanted a horse. I've never been able to afford a horse. I live in London, where am I gonna keep a horse? <laughs> Um, but I know when I get to the spirit world, there's a horse, two horses waiting for me over there to ride, etc., etc. And I know when I've worked with people from the spirit world, they're skateboarding, they're sailing, they're climbing mountains. They're... I, I read recently, uh, one of my one-to-one uh, -one readings recently, there was a young man in the spirit world who went uh, very early there and he was following all these different passions and he was doing things like rock climbing and abseiling and he had all the thrill with none of the risk so i thought that was a really beautiful way that he described it from the spirit world that's an amazing opportunity for us to yeah. really experience it's heaven i mean yeah. theoretically you could say that that's heaven i get to go and do things that i've always wanted to do i couldn't have yeah. couldn't do or things that i love yeah. i can continue to do that so to me, that would be heaven. Um, yeah. I and without any physical uh, compromise either, because some of us, well, a lot of us yeah. have got aches and pains and this doesn't work anymore, especially if you're my age. <laughs> I can <laughs> um, relate to that. Things begin to drop yes, off. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, but you're free in that sense in the spirit world. There's none of that pain or ache um, about you. So that's really beautiful as well. Well, I, I have this age-old question. I'm sure you've probably been asked before. Um, I listened to a few of your episodes, but I haven't had the opportunity to listen to to some of the other ones on the other on that you were on. So, um, if I if I over over ask this, I understand. Um, do I, I have heard that when we go to the other side, that we go over there with the appearance of like when we were 30, 35 years old, so that our relatives can recognize us. Is, is there any validity to that? Well, I think that's really interesting. And I have also heard such a thing. In my experience of doing mediumship, we can present ourselves in the mind of the medium at any age that we like. Mm. And we choose whatever age we want to be in the spirit world. So if you're more uh, most people would say 30, 35, because that's when they're wise, they've grown up, they're more powerful, the body still looks good. Um, all of those reasons, they just, yeah, so quite often they will choose that sort of age to to show. But when I do mediumship, I'll get old people, very, very young people, etc., etc. Well, yeah, like the two old ladies that were at the park bench. Did yeah. you ever stop and talk to those two old ladies? No, I didn't. But again, you know, I was seven, sixteen, seventeen. I didn't really know about mediumship in that at that time. So, yeah, interesting, interesting uh, introduction. Mm. Haven't you know seen that walking down the street? I'm sure that would. I mean, you felt it was just normal, and yeah, it was just normal. Hopefully, your 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 date didn't uh, think you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I, I did finish with him after he asked me if I wanted to go on a date to watch a crane on a building site being taken down bit by bit. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? No. Uh, <laughs> I think we're I, done. <laughs> I don't think I ever, I don't think I've ever <laughs> taken a girl on a date like that. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, funny. that's funny. That's funny. Um, can we? <clears throat> pardon me again I'm just going to say pardon me please through every cough <laughs> it's okay no problem um, I know that you do past life regressions do you think do you believe in reincarnation do you think that we come back and um, help us can you help us understand the process of that I've, I've heard several different stories 
One is that we come back um, to learn more and that uh, what we may have experienced in this life was we had to learn something and then we come back in the next life, we have to, to relearn something else in order to get to a certain attainment. Uh, can you help us understand that, if that's valid or, or um, from your perspective? Yeah, from my perspective, I very much believe in reincarnation. I do believe that we come back down here and live a, a different life in a different physical body, perhaps to experience different life challenges, to experience different things, to challenge our soul, to learn more about love and support and kindness. So I do very much believe that we are reincarnated, yes. Um, what was your question, Michael? <laughs> I just, uh, uh, the for past life regression in, I know that you uh, do past life regression. Yes. So I, I think with the, within regard to that, in, in yeah. the, the connection with that in us having, being reincarnated. Um, the question was basically, tell us about reincarnation, why we're doing it, why we can, you know, keep coming back, which you just answered. Um, but yeah. I, I'm familiar with past life regression because I also um, was trained as a hypnotist, but my, my hypnosis was for regressive um, hypnosis in regard to criminal activity. Right. So I learned it when I was a cop, and um, I went and got certified in it where we did regressions, where the regressions went back to a particular incident where we would pick up, it was never admitted into court, unfortunately, from that yeah. regard, but we did allow things to kind of give us more leads to get into the solving of crimes. So we would regress somebody back to a particular incident, put them on the outside like they're watching a VCR so they didn't have to experience it again, and then pick up on any details that may have seen or, or noticed understanding that process and taking them back to a different time within their um, lifetime um, to me makes a lot of sense. I do understand yeah. going past that into another life. Um, mm -hmm. When did you first get involved with past life regressions and, and, and you know, how far back can you go with that? Mm. Well, with past life regression, you can go, you can, literally go well you can go back to any lifetime that you might have lived here you can go to life between lives so you can go and visit the spirit world what's it like there what awaits you there you can do future life progression what happens in the future what else may may i who else may i reincarnate as in the future and with my past life regression sessions i also take people to meet their loved ones in the spirit world so you can literally take i can take you to the spirit world and sit you with your loved ones while you tell me and narrate what is happening around that uh, reunion i suppose yeah it's beautiful really really beautiful that's amazing what a what a fantastic opportunity mm. um i i know that the the aspect of being able to go back to a different life. Do you think things that we've had in our past lives may affect us in this life? I mean, I, you know, I've talked to other individuals that have said yes. Other individuals have said no. I keep hitting my microphone. Sorry. I That's with, okay. Talk with my hands. <laughs> it <laughs> happens on podcasting. Um, yeah, I think very much that we can be affected from one incarnation to the next because I think our soul retains some residual energy that belongs to another life sometimes that we can bring that with us into a current incarnation and I have read stories from Dr. Brian Weiss and people like this who um, obviously are huge experts in these field, this field who have had people um, come back with all these different either a physical um, manifestation of something that belonged to them in a different life or a phobia or a fear and by working with them in past life regression you can identify that's coming from a different incarnation you can let that go in this life it doesn't have to trouble you so a lot of past life regressionists will work with fears and phobias and things like that for me my work seems to be really moving into 
working with the spirit world who do we meet let's go and meet our guides our guardians and let's meet our loved ones because i think that is that that's just where my personal work has taken me with regression although it's called regression it's deep hypnosis that takes you into that altered state that will take you to these realms Mm. Yeah, I I appreciate hypnosis. I think that it has a plays an important part within ourselves, including self hypnosis. I think meditation is a form of self hypnosis. Mm. Um, my oldest daughter was a uh, clinical therapist, hypno hypnotherapist. Wonderful for, uh, for a while, and um, it it is a. Um, I know some people are afraid of it, um, but in reality, you know, I'll put this out now, and you, I'm, I know that you'll uh, attest to this. You know, you can't. We can't make you do anything that you don't want to do. We can't make you go rob a bank. We can't make you no. go, you know, jump off a building or, you know, things like this. This is a very safe environment that hypnosis takes you through. And uh, a regression is a wonderful opportunity for you to go back and explore things within your own life as well as a previous life. Um, there's my my little two cents <laughs> yeah it's great and i love it and i love the fact that you did regressions with your criminal work as well i mean that must have been really fascinating you know it it is i i loved i loved doing it i loved the aspect of it but to me it intrigued me that were we were actually able to do that it was it's kind of a a kind of a wow look what the brain can do look what the heart and the soul can do from from my perspective and it also allowed people the yeah. individuals that i had regressed back it allowed them sometimes to work through trauma that that they didn't want to work through before so i think that yeah that within itself is something that is a benefit because it, it will allow you to let go of things from your path that tra traumatize you in any form you know whether it be physical yeah. or or mental it can allow yeah. you to get closure and to move forward in life in regards to things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really yeah. appreciate it. I would, I, I haven't practiced it for quite some time, um, but I really would be interested in getting more involved in regression and going into past life regression. Yeah. That's something that intrigues me immensely. I think that I've never taken anybody back to a past life. I have been present while somebody was taken back to a past life. Yeah. Um, I myself was taken to a past life. It helped me to understand why I, forgive my language, I was very anal about being on time. I'm talking right. about, I got anxious. I got very apprehensive. I got, we need to be, if you're 10 minutes till, you're late, kind of a thing. Right. And yeah. it helped me to understand where that came from. Right. And um, it allowed me to work through that so that now I still don't like to be late. But I'm not sitting around going, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. Yes. It yes. A, it's allowed me to go through that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe in it wholeheartedly. And I think that yeah. uh, I only say that because I, I know I asked you to talk about whether or not we can bring things forward and to, 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 um, to change our present life or to help us change our present life. Um, but it just, uh, there's an, uh, a validation from that from a personal level. I can say it happened to me. I was able to do it and it does work. At least from my yeah. perspective, it did work. Yeah, very much so. So, and our soul is always wanting to learn and uh, be very creative and express itself in so many different ways. So, there's so much to learn. I don't think we could possibly explore the entirety of our. I can't explain it very well, but I don't think we can do justice to yeah. our soul by through one lifetime. I just don't think that's possible. I agree with that. I think that's all. I think we're all interlaced. I think that each, mm -hmm. personally, I just think that each time that we reincarnate and come back, that we bring that wisdom with us, and uh, you know that I've been more open. I've been more into meditation, and and uh, this isn't my story, but I've been more into meditation, and uh, it helps me to manage my pain and my disease. And involved in being involved in that meditation has also allowed me to open my mind and my heart and my body, and my soul, and connect them. And it's allowed me to understand more of how even our past lives interconnect with our present life and allows us for certain things that we do in this life, we do it because of what we brought with us, whether it be good or bad in something that we need to learn to either change for being bad 
and and or emphasize of the good parts that we brought with us. I think we're mm. all interlaced. I think the soul comes along, and like you said, it kind of collects pieces, and and we are where we're at in life. I, I mean, it it would be interesting to find out how many times we actually reincarnate. I think. Mm. I'm also fascinated by the concept of time as well, because I am of the opinion that time is happening all at once and so is it a past life is it a future life perhaps it's all the one that we're living all of these things all at the same time and we can interweave between different realms oh, that's, that's interesting. and bring bring back information from each of these things that are already occurring in the now that's so, very interesting <laughs> yeah that's very interesting you know coming from you know, I, 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 before the podcast started, I was telling you I have a master's degree in interdis interdisciplinary studies. And I chose that because it allowed me to, to study different perspectives. I did art. I did um, creative, ther uh, creative arts for therapy, how to use drama, music, um, uh, drama, music, painting, um, dance to help you heal from, from trauma mm -hmm. within your life and PTSD and health issues. And um, so I, I took this interdisciplinary approach to, to, to learning and it gave me a better understanding of how life is interdisciplinary. And that fits right ah. within that. I think that, you know, overall, our soul is interdisciplinary. Yeah, Coming that's from different, fine. different perspectives. That's a great, that's brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. That's okay. It's just my, it's what I'm exploring at the moment, all of these concepts, you know, I just find it really fascinating. And I think that's interesting what you said there, because where disease is or where we're unhappy, I feel that's where our energy is blocked, either in the physical or the mental or the spirit. And it's just about the free flow of chi, of course, uh, very important um, throughout our life, all different yeah. lifetimes. So once you've got this beautiful flow going, then um, the soul can express itself in, in its entirety and its totality. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. That's, you know, it is, I haven't perfected that quite completely yet, but I'm on my way. It's, mm. It is, I've used, I don't, I'm on no medication for my disease. Gosh, well done. That's um, amazing. And I thank you. I do it through uh, meditation. I do it through exercise. I do it through diet. And I do it through, you know, understanding and listening to my body. So if something starts to flare, I know I need to do this. That's the other thing. I think we need to learn to listen to ourselves. If we listen to ourselves, that helps, helps to open up our opportunity for us to uh, develop the skills that you teach, that we can mm. say, hey, there is more to life and the afterlife. Than, than we all kind of realize in that we all have the ability to reach over to the other side and to learn and to continue to build within our soul extra education and motivation and inspiration from each one of those experiences. Um, sorry, I kind of get yeah, totally. excited and on all this. No, yeah, no, it's great. And I love your excitement as well. I love the passion of it because what you're talking about there in regards to yourself is setting an intent and setting a focus. So you have the intent to be well and your focus is on uh, attaining uh, or living, not even attaining, it's being uh, in health and enjoying every moment of life. So that's your focus and intent. If we've got those two things and we've got somewhere to um, focus or to grow from, the grasp and yeah, I think that mm. it gives us something hope. Mm. It gives us hope to understand yeah. that um, you can achieve and you can overcome. You know, um, mm. as an example to our listeners and viewers, I when I get my my well, I've had eight operations. So both my knees and my wow. hip. Usually, it takes you anywhere from fourteen to twenty weeks to heal from each one of them. I healed on the average six weeks early, or six weeks at six weeks. Um, because I made a physical, mental intent on saying I have spent too long sitting and I don't want to sit anymore and I want to walk my daughter down the aisle and uh, I'm going to achieve this within six weeks and I did, which means you can too. I'm not the only one that can do that. You have the ability, yeah. like you said, you have the ability to do that. Um, and I think it's important that we all understand that. That's why mm. I do my best to try to motivate people who are in my, my position, who have either had a physical or a mental 
issue that has kept them um, from doing what they're supposed to do. You know, I I went through, and, and I'll say this out loud just because I think people need to hear it. I went through the anger, the depression, the denial. I went through the the um, the feeling sorry for myself stage, and I went through every time my daughter had to push me in a wheelchair, I, I felt it. Every time my daughter pushed me in a wheelchair, I thought. I was a sergeant on the police department. I had a team of individuals that looked up to me to lead them, and my daughter has to push me in a wheelchair. My wife has to carry me to the toilet. It it took me a few to open up to and to realize. Well, it took my oldest daughter to say, I want you to walk me down the aisle. <laughs> so, I, you know, it, she turned the switch on, and when she turned that switch on, it, it allowed me to kind of go, hey, I have the ability to do this within myself. And I sought out the opportunity to to accomplish it. And, and you can too. And anybody out here listening can do the same thing. And I think that with, with you and what you provide, we're going to talk about that here in, in just a, a few, but you provide the resources for somebody to be able to dig deep down within themselves, understand that they have the same opportunity as you do to talk to somebody a loved one on the other side or to develop that skill or to reach out and understand that you know you you might have you might be psychic and that you just have to open that door Mm. yeah totally and i sorry i'm interrupting you there michael but um just to tag on to what you just said there about um you know thank you for opening up that vulnerable side of yourself there as well and sharing it with everyone you know that you your daughter pushed you in the wheelchair that time when you found that difficult but you know you've allowed people to love you you've allowed people to um express their gifts to you that you've allowed them to show that they can care for you so it's often we think um that we are the sort of center of things and it's all about us and this and that and the other but actually what about what about other people maybe you our illness or our challenges enable other people to express their soul gifts to us so therefore we are helping them do you see? So it's not just about mm. us living our life and making sure that we, our soul gets expressed. Maybe we are here to enable others also to express their gifts too. That's an amazing, thank you for saying that. I think that it's an amazing analogy to present to people that what yeah. you have to offer may be a gift to somebody that really needs it. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> can I touch on something really quick here? You and I sure. have a little something in common, documentary filmmaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you made a doc. I know because I want to make sure we cover this because I, I, I want to see this. I'm fascinated by documentary films. I love documentary films. I think it educates people. It teaches people. It gets people immersed in something. And uh, you did this. You were voted the, the winner of a Best Documentary Long Form by the British, I have to read this, sorry, Public Radio Awards for her audio documentary series, Life at Death's Door. It was narrated by celebrated British actor Brian Blessed. Uh, That's right. OBE and UK's top female comedian and BAFTA award winner, Joe Brandt. Yes. It's called Life at... It's called Life at Death's Door. I'll look at some of the incredible ways we can uh, commemorate our dead and find out how we can conduct our own unique funeral celebrations to better reflect the lives our loved ones have lived. Um, that's amazing. Can you tell me about that? How'd you, how'd you get into that? Thank you so much. It's, it, I'm so proud of that documentary. Um, well, basically I've always been, maybe it's because I'm a psychic medium and I've always been fascinated by death and dying and it's never held any fear for me whatsoever in my entire life. I'm actually really looking forward to going and riding my horses in the spirit world, leaving all the challenges of the physical world behind. But um, Not too early yet. Not not too early. We still have to finish this interview. (laughs) Not too early. I've got a lot to do yet. Yeah, exactly. But I was always very interested in... Um, death and all things around it and I suppose 
it was many years ago when I started getting the material together for that documentary and it was way before this new movement where people began to talk about it it was all, it was in a time when death was very taboo people weren't really expressing how they felt about it they were having very ordinary funerals they'd hand over the their loved ones to the funeral director to dress and care for until the funeral and then they were having very ordinary funerals with your minister and your church or your hall things like that whereas my documentary explored the alternatives what else can we do to commemorate somebody's life so i interviewed so many fascinating people who made beautiful coffins made of um organic felt and things like this that you could bury in woodland. I looked at woodland funerals. I looked at motorcycle funerals where people would follow the uh, motorcycle hearse. A friend of mine, Paul Sinclair, he's he's passed away now, but he was amazing. He's got this brilliant company called Motorcycle Funerals and all the bikers would follow the motorcycle hearse along and they'd sort of go very, very fast for a last blast. So things like this where you can really find a way in a funeral to celebrate these special things about your friend, your family member. It doesn't have to be run of the mill anymore. You can do all these different kind of things with uh, funeral arrangements. And it was all about um, embalming and how toxic that is for the planet and how dangerous that is. What are the alternatives to that? What else can we do so we're not poisoning the planet all the time? It was alternatives to cremation, another very toxic practice. So it was just looking at all these different ways that we can commemorate and um, think about doing funerals and uh, all about the death process, the grieving process, doing things differently, doing things in a more modern way and yeah I, I absolutely loved it I wrote to I wrote the whole documentary and then I wrote to Brian Blessed and said would you mind <laughs> um, narrating it and he very kindly said yes which was absolutely lovely of him so he came into the studio and then I wrote to Joe Brand because I thought she's amazing I've got such a lot of respect for her as a female comedian and actress and writer and she very kindly said yes as well so quite often if you ask you get <laughs> so. I, I agree with that you just have to ask yeah just ask yeah just ask I, I learned that I learned that going through my journey actually I Did was you? Um, we'll say my ego was just a little in the way right I'll, I can admit that I, I'll just tell my wife and my kids just let past this when they listen to this <laughs> oh bless I, I had to uh, let my ego go and just ask so yeah that's pretty cool um, congratulations yeah. on that. It sounds like a brilliant. Yeah. Is there is there an opportunity for people that uh, can access this? Yes, yes, it's out there um, for free. I it was uh, meant to be a television documentary, and I went all the way down the BBC route. It was almost commissioned by the BBC, and then it was almost commissioned by another production company. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but in the end it all fell through and it was all very depressing for me. And then I just thought I can't have done all this research and not get it out there. So I ended up making it for free and I gave it to a company called the Wireless Theatre Company. So it's on their website, the mm. Wireless Theatre Company, and they are a radio drama company. They're absolutely brilliant. And you can listen to it there um, for nothing. That's fantastic. I will do that yeah. when we get done, actually. Yeah, lovely. Um, Very nice. Yeah, that's a great thing. Congratulations on accomplishing that. Um, yeah, thank you. Can you help us understand what um, sitting in the power means? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Interesting you should ask, because I was talking to somebody about it this very morning, and I taught it at the College of Psychic Studies uh, just a couple of days ago. So sitting in the power... People may have heard of the phrase, but basically all it is, very simple, you're sitting in the power of your own soul. So if you want to work psychically with somebody, you need to understand what your soul feels like so that you can feel into that and then you can feel into the energy of another soul and have this two-way conversation with your recipient. Now, sitting in the power is allowing your soul to, well, it's interesting, isn't it? 
I used to say allowing your soul to expand out from the physical body into the room around you and out through the walls of the building and out into the universe, allowing God, the God force, the universal light to come and meet you. But really what I'm now teaching is be curious about your soul. Is it expanding or is it always that powerful and expansive, but you're only just realizing how how amazing you are, how powerful you are, how how far you expand, how big you are, how how much you can be everywhere. So um, so that's sitting in the power and it's about blending with the power of the spirit world. So when you're using, when you sit in the power for mediumship, you're sitting in the power of your own soul, but you're also raising your energy, raising your vibration. The spirit world, when we communicate with them, they lower their vibration because they resonate at a very higher vibration than we do. And then as we raise our vibration and they lower theirs, we are able to meet and attune uh, to each other's energy. And therefore, information is able to flow from the mind of our spirit communicator to our uh, soul mind here in the physical world. So when you're doing mediumship, when you're working with mediumship, rather, you're you step into your power, you sustain your power, and you hold your spirit communicator in their power as well. So it's three-way communication. It's from spirit, my spirit, um, excuse me, from spirit, the spirit communicator, through spirit, my spirit, to spirit, which would be your spirit, Michael, if I was, if I was working with you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's amazing. What I, see, I, I get this, um, electrical feeling through me when you are talking about this stuff i think that it Mm. fascinates me it intrigues me it it makes me want more Mm. kind of a thing because yeah that's because your soul yearns for more we're so caught up in this human body and we have to use our conscious mind so much to remember to do the shopping to remember to do this and that and put your podcast on and get here on time and you Where know my all of these things <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and the conscious mind is really important we need it obviously to to uh, live in the physical world but when we're using our psychic side or our mediumistic side we need to leave the conscious mind to one side and we need to work with our subconscious mind or our soul self so and your soul yearns to exp- for a greater and greater expression of itself. So when you hear me speak of those things, your soul recognizes that and lights up like, yes, I want more. I want more. On, give me, so, give me, give me, give me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like the three-year-old child. Give me, give me, give me. Yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. How do, um, I, earlier you were talking about con- uh, connecting with spirits. How do you connect with spirit? Do, uh, do, and it's going to be a straight, open-ended question. Do do you reach out to somebody or to a spirit, or do they come to you like they did when you were ten years old and say, "Hey, I have a message I need to give to somebody"? Um, how does that come about for you? May I ask? Yeah, you can ask, and I think that's a really good question. While you're doing that, I'm just turning off my WhatsApp. I think some messages are coming through and binging and bonging. Sorry. Um, that's okay. How do I reach out to the spirit world? Well, if I'm working on behalf of uh, somebody who's booked a reading with me, then I will set my intent, I'll set my focus, and I will uh, allow my awareness to expand, and then I will become aware of the spirit world. So that would be how I connect with them in a mediumistic sense. But if I want to say I'm on my own and you know, my father died 10 years ago now, and I'm thinking, hey, you know what, I want to talk to my dad, I need some advice on this earth problem that I've got, then, and everybody can do this uh, who's listening as well, you can just sit quietly, again, always becoming aware first of the power of your own soul, just really becoming centered in who you are, the eternal part of you. And then I imagine this most 
beautiful garden with a bench seat for two with beautiful cushions. I take myself there, I sit down, I know there's an empty space next to me and I invite my father to come and sit with me that I can consult and talk to him. And I literally see him crossing the garden. He comes to me, he walks towards me, he walks towards me, he walks towards me. Even now I can feel him come and sit right next to me and then I can have this beautiful mind-to-mind -mind conversation that he might be able to guide me in my lifetime. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I remember, and at the time I think it was, I felt it was a dream, but I remember a number, I can't tell you how many years ago now really, but before I was more aware of all of this, I had a dream once that, uh, and it felt so real when I woke up, and I had to tell my wife about it, where I, I met, I was in this beautiful green gra rolling grass, big pillars, big white pillars, huge building, and there was a bench there, and I sat down at that bench or, or a table, it was a table, and my father came walking across the lawn and sat down. I don't remember what my father and I talked about, but I distinctly remember him sitting down with me there on the bench, in the grass, next to this huge building with these, I'm talking about massive pillars. And I, and it, I woke up going, wow, that felt so real. I do not remember what my father said, unfortunately. But I think what you just described, I just had flashbacks of that, going, wow, that, that probably happened to me. And at the time, I wasn't really open enough to understand that he was trying to have a conversation with me. Yeah, that's really beautiful that you've yeah. had that experience. And, and quite often, that beautiful, as you know, because you've done uh, hi hypnosis and yeah. regression, that hypnagogic state where you're between being awake and being asleep. And, you know, through sleep, we go through different uh, sleep states. Yeah. And, um, and quite often, the spirit world will very much come and speak to us in our dreams. And we do think, oh, it's only a dream. But please don't dismiss that. The spirit world will come in in any way they can. And when you're asleep, your conscious mind's completely out of the way. So it's a wonderful, clear board for them to come right in and give you guidance, advice, uh, spend time with you. Even if you can't remember it, you know there, Michael, that you spent time with your father in the spirit world. What a gift that is. I, I remember that very distinctly. I mean, mm. when you started describing what you were describing, it's like, wow, that's basically what I saw and experienced. And, you know, when I woke up, I was kind of going, was that real? What just happened? Did I have a dream? Was it? It took me a long time mm. to even think about those. But when you mentioned that, I got flashbacks of that um, incident. Well, not incident. We'll call it an event. Sorry, that's the cop yeah. talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, event. lovely. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Do we, do we all have the ability to contact spirits on the other side? I think we do. Um, I think, as I said before, you know, we're all soul beings. So why would we not be able to speak the language of the soul? But in my experience of teaching students, I have come to understand that not everybody is clairvoyant. They can't all see images in the mind. I can see them so clearly for me. It's mm. You know, I, I'd imagine everyone can do it, but I've learned not everyone can. Some people perceive and feel spirit people around them. It's just as relevant. It's no less than. It's just as important. It's another clear sense, one of our clear senses. You might know that they're with you. You might see them. You might you you might smell them. You, you know, <laughs> not that they smell of old fish or anything, but you know, if, if your grandfather smoked a pipe or had a particular um, fragrance that he would wear a cologne or something you can smell these kind of things um, and that's how we know that they're around us so training is key I feel uh, for a lot of people um, not everybody wants to go and train to be a psychic or train right. to be a medium no, that's not for everybody and they still want to feel their loved ones around and you can so if you don't want to go be a psychic you don't want to be a medium you can still sit quietly on your sofa and just spend five or ten minutes as I just said making this beautiful bench seat for two or laying a tea table for two in your mind that you want people to come and uh, people in the spirit world to come and join mm -hmm. you for tea yeah come and visit, come and talk to me. 
And then what will happen is, as you do that more and more on a more regular basis, you'll then start to become aware of them all of a sudden that you suddenly think, gosh, I really feel like my father's standing right here. And don't be frightened of that. That's beautiful. That's a wonderful, wonderful mm -hmm. thing. No one from the spirit world will ever come to see you in anything other than a love vibration. That is an absolute fact. The spirit world are here not to make our lives uh, a misery or to frighten us, but to uh, enlighten and guide and help and support us. Sometimes it can take our breath away a little bit when we're not expecting it. We suddenly see a shadow out of the corner of our eye and we get a bit fearful, but that's not a that's not to be frightened. It's something to be understood. You're frightened mm -hmm. because you've possibly, I don't know what you've done at home, but possibly you've watched horror films, read beautiful horror stories, which are all wonderful, written again by beautiful souls who are wonderful, creative expression, expression of the soul written in horror. But that's not the truth. And this is a trouble. We learn um, as we started off coming full circle almost, Michael, I think, you know, we, we are taught to fear this from a young age. And what I'm trying to do is get people to not fear it ever, ever, ever. It's the most natural thing in the world. We shouldn't be frightened of it. Um, yeah, so don't take Hollywood or or horror books to be the truth. They're not the truth. They're an expression of beautiful creative writing, beautiful creative cinematography and filmmaking, but it's not the truth. Not the truth. That that I think more people have to open their ears and minds and listen to that because I it it I think the environment and society today has created that that element of fear. And mm -hmm. when I say this, I understand this side of filmmaking as well. Um, Part of that is because they they make a film to not only express their creativity, but to make money. And what makes money? Yeah, of course. People love to be love to be scared. You love the end. Of course, rush. they love that. So That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know that you help people to learn more about how to get in touch with their own spiritual attunement. Uh, help us understand that, please, and how somebody can contact you. I know that we've got a podcast. We didn't get to talk about that very much. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast as well in the classes that you offer? Oh, thank you, Michael, for this. That's so nice of you. And you've got that beautiful uh, screen there with all my classes on. I appreciate that very much. Uh, yes. So uh, very quickly, I do have a podcast. It's called Psychic Matters, and I interview experts across the world. And I also uh, have episodes where it's just me speaking. But if you're interested in um, anything psychic, uh, do go and have a listen to that. I think you'll find it really fascinating. And I do run classes in all kinds of different topics to do with psychic and mediumship. So I've got a development circle that runs once a week. I've got a class called The Secrets of Psychics and Seers. So if you want to come and learn how to do what I do, uh, you, you're, everybody's welcome. It's for absolutely anybody, any level whatsoever. You're all welcome. Do come along. You can send me an email. Go to my website, um, anteata.com, and have a look there. And also, I have something that I do every Tuesday for free on the internet at UK time 7pm. I think that's EST 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, yeah, 2pm EST, 7pm UK time. And it's called the Mediumship Hour. And it's one hour of mediumship. And it's for absolutely anybody. You can go to my website and you just pick up the Zoom link there and you can come into the Zoom room and just watch myself working uh, mediumistically. And I always share the platform with another medium, usually Tyrone Cusack or Leslie Malone. And sometimes I have guest mediums as well. So you're very, very welcome. Again, it's a free event. Even if you're a little bit on the fence, like what is this mediumship? Come along, come and have a look and just you know, enjoy. That's fantastic. And I'll make sure that the, um, all that information is in the show notes so that people have a way of connecting with you and getting involved in that, um, event. That's, uh, what an, what an opportunity, an amazing yeah. opportunity to either understand, get to learn, um, mm. understand, and maybe, uh, get more intrigued to enhance your own ability pretty cool yeah exactly yeah it's really nice it's because it, it's free and lots of people come in and they find it really beneficial really helpful we have people coming week after week after week it's really lovely so yeah oh, and cool. i do want to you know i do one-to-one -one readings if anybody wants to uh one of those 
more than welcome. Just have a look on my website. It's all on there. Well, your website's an amazing portal of information, by the way, for um, helping oh, to educate, you. inspire, motivate people to teach people um, what they mm. what they what exists on the other side and the opportunity for them to be able to connect with themselves. So uh, mm. thank you for having that. And I would I could talk for a whole other hour. <laughs> so mm. we'll have to have you back on the show because um, there's so many more things I think we could really share with other people. Um, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate you. Oh, Michael, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been so interesting uh, just having having a platform to talk about it. As you can tell, I'm so very, very passionate about the topic and also fascinated by you and your journey and your the work that you've done as well and, and your wonderful podcast as well and everything that you're doing for people by sharing all of the knowledge with the guests that you interview. So congratulations on that too. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm not used to that at the end. I blushed a little bit for those people who aren't that <laughs> watching. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much again. I really appreciate you for what you provide to the world. And uh, I look forward to another conversation with you. Very much so. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.